Welcome to Soul of an Empath, the podcast that helps empaths to feel loved, seen, heard, and understood in all areas of your life. Now here's your host, Tiffany Gano. Hello, and welcome to Soul of an Empath podcast. My name is Tiffany Cano, and we have Sarah Michaels here today as the guest on our show. I have known Sarah for, gosh, over 10 years. I love her. She's a friend, and she's also been very insightful and has great wisdom about how to like market my business. And and I've used her services in the past. So just so you know, I'm a fan. Okay. And let, let me tell you a little bit about Sarah. Sarah helps visionary entrepreneurs nail down their articulate hard to describe services like mine and have conversations everywhere that lead to high ticket clients while being their brilliant, quirky selves. Combining our practical business expertise, years of marketing and sales experience and gifts for messaging, she created the Feminine Sales Power System, 200% more sales conversions with the right people and converting 70% with clients excited and committed to working with them, often doubling or tripling their rates as well. Sarah speaks and leads workshops throughout the country and around the world on topics related to leadership, sales, and marketing. She holds a degree in English from Kenyon College and a Master's of Communication Arts from New York University. So please welcome Sarah to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Tiff. I'm so excited to be here. You've read my bio a time or two before. I love the, I love the emphasis and like the voices you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. (laughs) Well, you were the first person to get me to really expand my rates and do packages, you know, gosh, what was it? Maybe eight years ago, something like that. And so you helped me personally to build my messaging and my confidence in that. And I would never go back to being paid (laughs) hours per dollars per hours ever again. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that piece. I remember, I remember the piece where, well, I remember watching you. I think when I met you was when, as I put it, you were turning the boat away from so many trades and so many barters. And it was, and, but I'll, I'll speak of it because it looked hard what you were doing. (laughs) Okay. From where I sat, I'm like, that looks tough. Um, and, and so I was very, I had a very strong boundary around like, no, yeah, no, we don't do that. We just like, it looked like a slippery stove, <laughs> but yeah, I do remember that because the minute I saw this business model, I was like, oh, sweetie, <laughs> <laughs> this is what we need to be doing. Um, <laughs> and, um, and you were like, okay, a little dubious at first, but you caught with the program. Really <laughs> it was a little scary at first. And then I learned to love it. <laughs> So 
you know, one of the things that you and I have connected on in the past is about feminine leadership. So talk to me about feminine sales power and how empaths use it in their business, in their life, in their relationships. So one thing, when I was thinking about this topic and thinking about empaths and and gauging and, you know, thinking about what I was going to say here today is, you know, I really do feel like feminine leadership in general, but feminine sales power in particular was made for NPAS because it's a way of going out there, really leveraging your intuition strongly while marrying it and integrating it with more of the masculine, like really deliberate things and some structures and some some areas like that's the rudder, that's the structure, and then we can flow within the structure. And it's a way to be deliberate and intuitive and connect with people deeply and make sales without it getting weird. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, because like, an, you know, we feel everything. So we're going to feel it anyway, right? You know, whatever disconnect happens or every whatever hiccup happens, and it's a way of minimizing that to like near it not existent. I mean, if it happens, it's probably because of what they got going on <laughs> and it couldn't have be helped. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's very rare that, um, you know, it's not that everyone says yes, but it's very rare that there's anyone kind of like, well, about anything in our sales and marketing, like anything. And so it's a way to go out there being powerful and sell what you're here to sell. If you have a business or you're in the, the mode of, of essentially selling yourself and, you know, without pouncing on people while being yourself, that's the quirkiness. Like, you know, you get to be yourself and show up exactly and only as who you are. I fly my freak flag, baby. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like we're all, we all have our own and yeah, own it own it. Yes. Articulate it and you can sell it. (laughs) And, and I've heard you talk about like 80% is being in the feminine and 20% in the masculine, you know, in, during the sales process. Can you describe that a little bit more for me? What does that look like? Feel like? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll use the microcosm of a sales conversation or a strategy session because that, uh, that is a really good example of that 80% feminine uh, flow, 20% masculine structure uh, balance, such that it is. Because here's the thing, guys. It's not about balance. Is what do I want to use? What, what foot do I want to lead with? Masculine strengths or ma- uh, feminine strengths? In this moment, this, a real moment-by-moment choice. The, the backbone of all that I do is, so how do we set ourselves up to have access Mm-hmm. <laughs> to that moment by moment choice. Um, it, despite the busy world, despite our fears, despite whatever else, um, so we can show up the way we want to be showing up. Well, if you think about the sales conversation or the strategy session, the, the first part is generally about what's wrong, what's not working, the pain points, the, the urgent needs, whatever you want to call it, what they have, what they want to change. They're coming to you with a problem in order to change. So it's what they want to change. And then move into a section I call, so I call that the pain section. And then the next section is the possibilities. So what do they want? What are their goals? And mind you, 
This is a standard sales consultation model that's been around probably as long as there have been like things to to exchange for goods and services um, of like, what do you need? When do you want it? What do you want? Like, what do you want it to look at? Like, get a sense mm-hmm. of goal. And can I meet that need? Can mm-hmm. I help you get there faster? And so the pain and the possibility. Both of those sections are very, very feminine. They're exploratory. They're relatively meandering. I mean, you're going to hear stories. You're going to hear this. You're going to hear that. Punctuated by these questions. That's part of the 20%. You're asking these deliberate questions. Questions that have strategy behind them. That are ideally, in my world, customized to you. That's Mm -hmm. what I have clients with. Make sure they're customized to you. Um, so it's all this exploration and then the possibility section that is literally about possibility, which is a very (laughs) feminine thing, right? Um, a very feminine thing. And through those questions where you take them a little bit into the pain that creates tension, which is actually like the feminine side of pressure essentially. So that tension is also something that helps you sell or helps you enroll to use that word in case we have some folks who are a little nervous just by the word sale or sell. That happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's why I speak of, I should say, it's why I speak of it so specifically and bluntly. I think there's more power in in us getting used to the word than us using a different word to stay away from the word that triggers us. You'll have so much more power. It's like Voldemort. Remember in Harry Potter? (laughs) No, I tell this like when I do my slides, I have a slide on like Harry and Dumbledore because Dumbledore says to Harry, like, stop calling him. He shall not be named. You're giving him more power. It's the same exact way I feel about not using sales, using inspired or sharing or yeah. No. So, um, so all the, so it's about possibility and the tension then builds, which is more feminine through these deliberate questions, which are more masculine. Then there is like maybe five to 10 minutes at the end, if it's a fit, if you can help them solve their problem, where you make an offer, which is a pretty high masculine place to be, that offer. But it's like five or 10 minutes of an hour long conversation for a high ticket package, 80, 20, 80-20. And it shows up too in the marketing where you know most of it's just about what do you want? Where are you going? Mm-hmm. Where are you going? Here's an ask. Mm-hmm. Something I, I just want to ask you if, if yeah. you find that this is valuable too. When I think about a sales or enrollment conversation, even though the sales part is usually at the end, for me, it's like I'm embodying the enrollment the entire time. Do you feel like that? That's like I feel in the feminine flow as I'm doing it too. Well, you would because you're comfortable with the process, so that helps. But you you trust your structure. Mm-hmm. The questions you're you you know learn to ask, and I'm sure you have on a piece of paper somewhere too. You know, um, you might not refer to the paper all the time. It's because you've internalized that. More to the point, you know what your goals are mm-hmm. in that conversation. So then you really can let the intuition flow because you don't even have to be worried about what what pre-thought-out question because you you just know you're going to come up with the right question in the moment based on what they just said. 
And that's really like the sweet spot. And then when it just becomes about refinement and getting better. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so the opposite (laughs) of like spirituality and intuition are our instincts, right? I mean, in terms of, of chakras, like we use our upper chakras for intuition and our lower chakras more for like the survival stuff. So how do the feminine survival instincts get in the way of our truly being powerful in sales and pretty much all of our money conversations? Or life. Um, <laughs> but, um, really, I mean, so, um, well, as you know, um, you know, Tiffany and I met learning about masculine and feminine survival instincts and the feminine survival instinct is to stay connected, really mm-hmm. to stay connected at all costs. That, that is the goal. That is safety, staying connected. Um, it's a little reductive, but that's really all you need to know to get what I'm about to say, <laughs> which is that drive to stay connected, right? Um, That drive to stay connected and avoid disconnecting means that everything we're doing in marketing and sales in our business to our survival selves, to the lizard brain way back here, uh, scanning for danger and new things that we don't have any evidence about yet Mm -hmm. will tell us that marketing and sales is dangerous if we're going to we're going to if we're going to disconnect and that survival instinct self leads it down a neural pathway in our head to and then we're going to die so even if that's not conscious y'all and it's probably not okay what you know is that you don't want to do it you resist it you hang back from it you do it, maybe you have a suspicion you're doing it in a little bit of a funny energy. Either it's meek and just a little too light, not enough oomph, not enough confidence, or it's what I call approving energy, which is an overcompensating for not having (laughs) confidence. But no, I've seen this gal, she's out there. She does her videos like practically like this. And it's just so much free-wing energy and nobody's ever going to buy from her. And um, (laughs) Yeah, we can definitely have core wounds around trying to prove ourselves. And when that wound is there, it can totally get in the way of being and rolling. (laughs) Yeah, and that's, that's where, you know, so, so that's, so that's, I want to wrap this up before I go there about the getting in way of being enrolling is that's how the feminine survival, and she'll pull us back. The masculine finds safety and respect and trust. This is an irony and kind of one kind of, kind of, you know, shucks and foiled by the fickle finger of fate on this one, because what you're going to do ladies, but um, the masculine Uh, respect and trust pushes them towards their fear because on the other side of the thing they're afraid of is respect and trust. Our survival instinct to stay connected pulls us away from the thing we're afraid of. So that just means we have to self-generate the oomph to, you know, be aware of it, not let it hook us for too long because it's going to hook a little probably, especially new stuff and expanding. And then, you know, figure out how we're going to, internally generate the oomph to do the thing we're afraid of or, and create the, create a safe container for ourselves to do so. Yeah. Nice. 
Thank you. You're welcome. And the thing about the proving thing, uh, proving energy that I wanted to dip back to about being enrolling and like, who are you being and showing up? That comes to the aspect of feminine sales power of pulling instead of pushing in your marketing. And it has a lot to do with who you're being and everything to do with what you're like, the words you're using. Because you can pull people and repel people from, (laughs) hello. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, with our words, with our energy. Mm-hmm. And empaths are such feelers. We can pick up on any little inauthenticity or weirdness, and then it would be off-putting. Yep. So we to other people though. That's right. The, that's the fear, is we're gonna like we got slimed by someone's sales approach. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And the last thing we want is to slime someone else. Mm-hmm. So it holds us back and we're not being powerful. So how do we do that dance and kind of walk that line is where I come in and really show you exactly how to do that. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the ways that empaths can stop overthinking <laughs> our marketing and sales and get truly comfortable with selling? Well, a piece of that is, is getting... Um, getting that evidence. It, it, this is a chicken and the egg thing. It, what's going <laughs> to ultimately, yeah, ultimately help you to see that people are going to buy, are going to buy the packages or the new rate or whatever you're, you're doing that's next level for you. And then they're also going to get value from it. That's ultimately what's really going to get you comfortable with it. Put simply, if the feminine survival instinct is to stay connected and that is safety, you can declare yourself safe. Like that is like on a fundamental level, you can decide that you will, you are safe. And, but more tactically and tangibly is to actually bring your quirky, individual, brilliant, goofy self out. The more you do bring that out in your marketing, because people are buying you as much as they're buying the thing you're actually selling or the expertise, uh, they, they want to hang out with you. They want to be with you and they want help with this problem. Mm-hmm. And I, they, they, go ahead. I, I was just going to say people buying me, <laughs> I mean, it sounds a little weird when I say it like that, but it, it's been so true. There have been people who've said to me, I don't know why I'm signing up for this healing package with you, but I know I'm supposed to. Or I don't know why I'm taking this workshop with you, but I feel guided to do it. So I'm going to do it. And, and there is that essence of they're buying, you know, the energy and the beingness. And then if that is congruent, then the marketing is kind of secondary to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, and, and then it's just a matter of sorting the population with your marketing words. So you attract, so the people who are sticking around long enough to even get to that point that are feeling your energy and being like, okay, she's solid or whatnot mm-hmm. are, are the ones picking up and following and showing up. And the ones that aren't your people are falling away. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the best advice you can give to us fellow empaths? <sighs> oh, yes. I, as I had a cheat sheet to hold your space 
And I know you teach on that too. And you have a whole workshop holding your space and taking up space and being mindful of where your energetic container begins and ends and how much you let other people's energetic containers seep into yours. It really, it, you'll, you'll be less tired. <laughs> you'll have a happier, sunnier disposition. The world won't seem as hard and harsh. Even if, I mean, that's the thing, even if you are paying attention to the debacle of a world we have going on in the last few years. And, you know, if you hold your space well enough, you don't have to get crumped by that. You don't have to get crumped by a sales slump. You don't have to get crumped by, oh, like nobody liking your post. Don't worry about that. Facebook algorithm, nobody saw your post. It's a much healthier way to hold it. Okay. Like, like, we're just psyched when there are things that happen on Facebook. Like, there's no use trying to, like, beat ourselves up for what didn't happen because who saw it? We don't know. Like, and that to me, as a marketer all these years, makes me somewhat dismissive. We can't know how many eyeballs. So let's not worry about it. And let's just be grateful for when it does do stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of how I hold it. But but holding it in that, you know, it's not me necessarily. And, you know, we can need to tweak our message. We can need to tweak our, you know, positioning. But until you have a huge following. And would you also agree that by holding your space, it makes it easier to not take it personally oh, or right. to feel rejected if they say no or come up with some. That's just where my brain was going was like, it's all about right. not taking it personally is like, it's so not you, like mm-hmm. 90% of the time you are so, you know, like, yeah, we, we, you know, we, we do have effect and we will have some roles in some situations, but most of the time, no, it's not about you. Yeah. I'm not taking it personally. Others stuff, I mean, between their life, not holding their space and it's, you know, so they're not even helping us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Right. So they're like leaking all over the place. And, um, any, you know, even with, you know, a strong, a strong energetic boundary here around what's mine and what's theirs, it, you know, that can be a little hard to take. So, you know, being vigilant about it and just knowing that, until somebody tells me like, hey, Sarah, I have a problem with you. They don't have a problem with me. <laughs> like, I, 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 <laughs> and even if they do, it's none of my business, right? <laughs> unless, uh, unless they need it cleaned up. Like, right, right. Up, honored or whatever. Right. <laughs> but no, like, and like, and that's been a little confusing for some of my, like, I hesitate to call them full partners, obviously. Um, you know, partners used as just someone I'm interacting with over a long term, where mm-hmm. we're going to have bumpity bumps. <laughs> we're going to, you know, we're going to, humans are messy. We're going to have some bumps. So maybe I shouldn't call them a full partner, but where, you know, I've realized that like that was the bug of it was we were putting out. Mm-hmm. I, I've always known that if ever you and I did have something funky, we could always clean it up. And I don't think we've ever had anything weird in our, you know, big 10 years or so. And, but I know with full trust that if we did, 
we would be two grown-ups <laughs> in the conversation coming from a space of love and intuition and wanting to help and heal and clean it up and you know make things right the best shape possible i will add yeah had a couple like cleanup calls had to learn that like not always the same definition <laughs> looks like yeah like start qualifying that but we're like I left completely beat up and I was like there was no best shape possible leaving each other in the best shape yeah yeah it was just like an it was almost like an airing of grievances was their definition it was super fun (laughs) I I think um in terms of holding space and boundaries when it comes to cleanup conversations depending on the person, I would probably want to set it up saying, to me, the goal of this cleanup conversation is for us to both feel better on the other side. You know, obviously share what may have hurt our feelings or disrespected each other. And to come from a space of what if, you know, we were just like, it it was unintentional. You know, we were just doing the best we could. And and I, I think that that's almost needed these days for those cleanup conversations. I started, yeah, because I didn't before, but I saw very clearly and I hadn't really needed to, but it was about two years ago and I was like, oh, never again. I had one not that long ago and I set that up tight. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, even pre- ahead of time, I'm like, I'd be willing to have, you know, a cleanup conversation and I would need you to be willing to essentially take responsibility or, you know, like I, I got clear about what I was going to need. Once mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important as empaths to get really clear on what we need, ask for what we need, honor what we need. And as we honor that other people will as well. Totes. Totally. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. And if people want to work with you, can you give us the best way to do so? I know that you had mentioned that you had one or two gifts and heck, there's no scarcity here. So if you want to give them (laughs) two, you can. (laughs) I bestow (laughs) with my magic wand that you may give two. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. So y'all are getting like the full Sarah and Tiffany, y'all. So this is awesome. <laughs> we used to teach together. Yeah. Um, so we have a bit. We of- did. We used to have the Kaching Club. Yeah, the Kaching Club. But we taught all those topics together in person. And oh yeah, yeah. we've got some some history, obviously. Um, so gifts, <laughs> no scarcity. What I have for y'all is two things. They they are they are related and they they get at different problems. So the first is the seven essential money-making conversations. Those include the sales conversation, that's number four, but also the initial conversation, the connection conversation, how to turn a friendly conversation into a sales conversation, which is a really important thing. But then also I distinguish from the sales conversation, the offer conversation that comes, Mm -hmm. right? The money conversation that also comes at the end. That's important. And then the follow-up conversation. Um, And that will really help you see, you know, what those conversations are. So, because I can't stress this enough, 
the, you know, the superpower <laughs> of knowing which conversation you're in. <laughs> um, I was at an event. Yes. Yes. So we know how to listen and how to process the data. <laughs> and what our goals are. So we know what strategic questions to use as our rudder. So our intuition can flow in the moment and not, and also not sneak up on them with a, thinking it's a sales call. So that's one, the seven essential money-making conversation. And you're going to put the links in the show notes. Yes. Yes, I will. Okay, cool. So that's the seven essential money-making conversation flowchart. And then second, I have for, you know, for those times when we're nervous or we're doubtful or our survival self is kicking up about what we need to do or maybe what we just did. And also for the times when we might lose our way in terms of our big why and why we're here and why we're doing these crazy businesses and all this good stuff. And that is the feminine sales power manifesto. And that is a one page, really pretty. It's actually right here, but I don't want to disrupt the flowers and grab it. Like that'll be all weird on camera. So we're not going to do that, but it's gold and it's really pretty and you can print it out and put it up in your office or your bathroom or wherever you want it. And when you need a little extra courage or a little reminder of your work, because there's some of those things are very much Sarah and some of them are very much universal. (laughs) And because you've been attracted to me and you're attracted to Tiffany, you will see yourself in them too. And it will remind you of your bigger, your bigger why and why you're doing this business and your, your, your mission and your message. And it'll give you the confidence and the boost to pick up the phone or step out of the house or do the scary thing, have the scary conversation, have the cleanup conversation. Those aren't fun either. Um, Our survival self doesn't love those. (laughs) And that's the Feminine Sales Power Manifesto and the link will be in the show notes too. Mm, Fantastic. Thanks so much, Sarah. And for all of our listeners out there, grab one or both of Sarah's free gifts. The link will be in our show notes. Thanks again, Sarah. I appreciate you being a guest on Soul of an Empath today. You're welcome. Thank you. It's been fun. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you for listening to Soul of an Empath with Tiffany Cano. If you enjoyed this show, please rate and recommend it on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you are listening to it. You can get more information from soulofanempath.com. May you be blessed with love, health, peace, joy, spiritual oneness, prosperity, and abundance. So be it. So be it. So be it.